0: Welcome to Living Faith United Methodist Church. We are located on 53 Grove Street in Putnam, Connecticut. Our worship service is at 10 a.m. on Sundays. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and discern how you can serve our God and neighbors. If you want to know more about our church and how you can be part of ministries of mission and outreach please visit our church website at livingfaithumc.net.
1: Our scripture reading today is from John chapter one, verses one to 13. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, his name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light of the will of man, but of God. And thus ends our reading.
0: Thank you for that kind introduction. Um, I am grateful to be with all of you today. Um, this is actually the first time either Joy or myself have been uh, with your congregation and been to your church facility here. Um, I have a great deal of respect for your pastor. And when he invited us to come, I wanted to be able to say yes, because of who he is. The opportunity to be with all of you. We've had the opportunity, as I mentioned, during the children's moment to uh, work together, mostly on the district level, when I was serving in Springfield and now on Cape Cod. As you all know, he's a very capable leader, isn't he? A very capable leader, thoughtful, dedicated follower of Christ. And thank you for the invitation to be here with you today. I would like to share a message with you that was, in many ways, it was really passed on to me. A message I believe relates to your theme for today, being Stewardship Sunday and just the whole notion of generosity get started, I first want to let you know, I asked your pastor if we could sing uh, the hymns that we're singing today, and I especially wanted us to start off with, I want to be a child of the light. It sounds like you're familiar with that hymn, right? You were singing it very well. If you look in your hymnals, you'll see that this particular hymn is listed under the section called Promised Coming, which means we're more likely to sing it during the season of Advent, which doesn't start for another two weeks. Now, I was tempted to ask your pastor to have us sing a different opening hymn. And that's hymn number 240. Do any of you know just off the top of your head what hymn is number 240? It's all right. It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. (laughs) Now that's a wonderful Christmas hymn, right? But I thought that that would have been a little too strange to sing it right now. It's bad enough that stores have already had their Christmas displays and items up since the end of October... I didn't want us to kind of cave into that and start singing Christmas hymns so early. But I would like you to take a moment to open up your hymnal to number 240. It's a beloved song of the season, not only for Methodists, but for Christians of every denomination and persuasion. And when you look at Hark the Herald Angels Sing, if you look at the third verse, the very first line, I have a question for you. Does anyone notice anything peculiar about the spelling of a word in this line? Son. Son. That's right. Can you all see that? Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, right? To whom is the writer referring Who's the son of righteousness? Jesus. Jesus, right? Right. And yet the author did not write S-O-N, son of righteousness, but S-U-N. And this interesting spelling appears not only in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but if you go back and look at the hymn that we sang for our opening of the worship service today, it has a similar phrase, son of righteousness, S-U-N. End. And I don't think that this is a typographical error. Rather, these hymn writers, and obviously one of them being Charles Wesley, right, one of the founders of the Methodist church, may very well have been playing a little game with us. A game that is extraordinarily intuitive. A game that is instru- extraordinarily intuitive. These hymn writers are almost suggesting that the word sun, S-O-N, this is referred to Jesus, and S-U-N are, are kind of interchangeable. And I've wondered about the similarities. We all know the sun in the sky is the center of our solar system, and science, scientists have learned that it's about one million times larger than this earth. So the sheer force of the sun's presence literally holds the earth in place. So we don't go spinning off into the universe, right? The size of the sun holds us, keeps us in place. And this truth in and of itself is rich with symbolism for the life of the Christian, anyone who seeks to make the way of Jesus the center of their lives. But did you also know With every second the sun transforms four million tons of itself into light. Four million tons. Every single second it gives away four million tons of itself. It's gone. It's never coming back. I learned this fact from a wonderful little book that was passed on to me by a clergy colleague and mentor. His name is Reverend Eric Swanfo. Some of you remember that name? He did amazing work in our conference, especially in regards to the Nicaraguan Covenant, which I believe this congregation has been very active in in the past. The book he passed on to me is called The Hidden Heart of the Cosmos. It's a very small book. It's very readable. It's written by Dr. Brian Swimme, a mathematical cosmologist. He's an author and faculty member of the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. He's a frequent lecturer, speaker, having been invited to give presentations to the American Association for the Advancement of Science, the World Bank, UNESCO, the United Nations Millennium Peace Summit, the American Museum of Natural History. He's written many different things. He co-wrote a 60-minute film aired on PBS stations around our country called Journey of the Universe. And in this little book, he explains some extraordinary scientific facts in a very approachable way. And one example of this is when he shares with us that every single second, a huge piece of the sun, four million tons, vanishes into radiant energy that soars out in all directions, never to return. Now, the thing is, some of this energy is gathered up here on this earth. Making life itself possible. Without the sun burning every single day, we would not be here. That's fact. Everything would become hard, frozen dust. The sun makes life possible, it makes our lives possible. Now, most of us have probably never dwelled on this fact a basic truth from science, but its spiritual significance is extraordinary. The sun converts itself into a flow of energy that photosynthesis, remember that word? Photosynthesis changes into plants that are eaten by animals. This energy is then stored in the plants and the animals, which are eaten by guess who? All of us. So for millions of years human beings have been feasting on the sun's generosity stored in the form of wheat corn milk sweet potatoes turkey gravy stuffing <laughs> apple pie even fruit loops and skittles and twinkies all right but you get the idea right Each day the sun dies as sun and is reborn, is resurrected as the vitality of the earth, as you and me. We can be here today. We can breathe. We can sing. We can pray. We can preach. We can laugh. We can talk. We can yawn. We can walk. We can talk. Only because through our bloodlines are molecules that are energized by the sun. We're able to burn brightly today because the energy that makes all this possible was burning brightly as the sun a month or so ago. If this connection doesn't stir something up inside you, check your pulse. (laughs) And the extraordinary thing is this is not poetry. This is not myth. This is not fantasy, metaphor, wishful thinking. This is scientific fact. We are the energy of the sun. Isn't that incredible? Now for some parallels, right? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. Just as the energy of the sun is inside each and every one of us, making us who we are, we have discovered that Christ shapes us, makes us who we are. It is God in Christ who gives each of us the life that we need. And we heard it in the beautiful opening words to the Gospel of John that Everett shared with us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. If you and I radiate today with the light of Christ, it's because of our experience of God's love made known to us in so many ways, but especially through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. If we feel more alive and free and loved and forgiven and born again and at home and at peace, it's because this new life has been given to us through our faith, through our relationship with Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, right? All who follow Jesus are also invited to let this light shine. Don't hide it under a bushel. Put it on a lampstand so all can see. You are the light of the world, Jesus said, right? Let your light so shine before others that they will see your good works and give glory to God in heaven. The parallels between these two suns are extraordinary, but there's even more. I'd like you to think about this. Swimmy points out the sun's extravagant gift of energy can also be seen as a spectacular example of an impulse that runs throughout the universe. This is so important, I'm going to say it again. The sun's extravagant gift of energy can also be seen as a spectacular example of an underlying impulse that runs throughout the entire universe. In the sun this impulse reveals itself in the amazing giveaway of energy that makes all life on this planet possible. But in the human heart this impulse is felt as the urge to be generous, to give of ourselves to the well-being of others on this planet. You know, we believe that in Jesus we've been given a visible expression of an invisible God. By knowing Jesus, we claim. We know something of the nature, the very essence of God. So we know God forgives and heals. God restores and redeems. We also know it is in God's nature to be generous, to even give God's own life for the well-being of us all. This is my commandment, Jesus said, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You see, Jesus lived his life in a way that he was tapping into. Tapping into, reflecting more fully, giving full expression to this basic impulse that runs throughout the entire universe, all of creation, an impulse that makes life on this planet possible. Are you still with me? That's not a rhetorical question. You still with me? All right. You see, you and I can tap into this underlying impulse. If through the ages, various peoples and cultures have admired those who have poured themselves out so others might live, People like Jesus, St. Francis of Assisi, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Oscar Romero, Mother Teresa, perhaps your own mother or father, grandmother, grandfather. If through the ages we have admired these people who have given of themselves so others would be blessed, we were only intuitively recognizing That such people were being true, true to the nature of the energy that filled them. Human generosity, your ability, my ability to give is only possible because at the very center of our entire solar system, a magnificent stellar generosity pours forth Free energy every day and night without stopping, without complaining, without the slightest hesitation. This is the way of the universe, my sisters and brothers. This is the way of life. And it is the way of Jesus. So when you and I give of ourselves our time, talent, and our treasure, we're being true the very nature, the very DNA of the universe. We're living in harmony with all the creative forces of life when we free ourselves up to trust God enough to live in this way as generously as possible. When we give ourselves for the benefit and well-being of the larger community, whether that community is our family, our neighborhood, our town, our country, our world, or our congregation, we're following the way of life in the way of the Son. You and I can be generous because God is generous. You and I are able to be generous because the sun in the sky is generous every second of every single day. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year, year after year after year after year. So let's take advantage of all the opportunities that we have to contribute, to give, to reflect the light and love that fills us. Making a significant contribution to your life together as Living Faith United Methodist Church is one way that you and I can practice this, can reflect this impulse that literally runs throughout and undergirds the entire universe. My sisters and brothers... Continue to let your light shine. Let them shine. Let them shine. Let them shine. Amen.